some of the most challenging, uh, I would say, was 1999 to year 2000. Okay. And I, I was coming off, uh, uh, I moved here in 87, you know, had fairly good success early on, um, did well. And I actually had a pretty big head. Right. Uh, you know, I, I was had a, I had to get a corner office on a third floor of a high rise building, and it was totally the wrong move. Okay. You know, and you, you're all these things, but then you know things started to unravel a little bit with at the time AAA student painters, and it went bankrupt in 1999. Ah. And so that hit everyone really hard. Uh, I was lucky to survive the bankruptcy in '99, and I had to make a decision: Do I continue in this industry? And restart at scratch, mm-hmm. or hey, listen, it's been a great ride, and move on and, and shut it down. Right. And uh, the decision, uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Catino, uh, had long talks with him, and, and he actually says, "Steve, you're good at this. You can do this. You can rebuild it." He's actually the one I got to give credit to, and I restarted. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders, really excited about a gentleman I've got on the uh, podcast today. His name's Steve Acorn. He is uh, the president and owner of the Young Entrepreneurs Across America management team and runs a business uh, that that during the summer uh, goes by student painters. So he actually started in our business uh, it, back in 1985. He was a district manager in 1986. So we actually worked alongside each other back in the day as district managers. We worked, I was a trainer of his uh, back in 1985 and we've, you know, stayed connected over the years. We, we share quite a bit about the program and some of the values and some of the similarities uh, about our businesses. But the one really, really, I thought really powerful thing that Steve talked about is he had uh, his business, he was a, a part owner or, uh, you know, profit sharing member and his business went bankrupt. And he talked about what it took to turn that business around, what a challenge it took and what a mindset he was capable of to actually grow his business. It was a multi-million dollar business, went down to literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and then back up to, you know, an eight figure business. So really, really amazing resilience, commitment, and really commitment to his students, really a commitment to the leaders that he's developing. And uh, I just loved our conversation. Um, I I think you're really going to get some real power, some real uh, positivity from this conversation with Steve Acorn. And I really really know you're going to love it. And uh, you know what I'm up to is we want for you to refer us (laughs) other amazing young people like Steve Acorn. Okay. So please refer to our podcast. Please send people to the leaderspodcast.com slash apply. If you know of someone who's interested, uh, you are welcome to always send me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca about any feedback about the program. And of course, about anybody who you think may be an ideal fit for our program who really wants to make themselves a powerful leader in the world today. Thanks so much. Have a unbelievably great day. All right. Okay. Well, Steve, welcome 
to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. So excited that you're joining us. Well, Chris, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now and uh, just honored to be a guest on your podcast. Ah, well, thanks so much. Thanks so much. So, Steve, thinking back, you know, growing up in Sarnia, going to Wilfrid Laurier University, you know, what were your big frustrations as a teenager before you came and joined us at Student Works and, you know, started running a business? You know, the, the frustrations that I had back then, if I recall, you know, obviously, uh, that's a long time ago, Chris. Yeah, I know. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> but the, the frustrations, you know, would have been just lack of the ability to get a, a job or an internship where, where my abilities were recognized. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I worked at, I worked at AMP food. I don't even know if AMP food yeah. is still around. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I guess it, it, it now yeah. would be called Sobeys or Metro or bought, bought by somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was very good at stocking shelves. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, and uh, I was actually a toll collector at the Blue Water Bridge. Okay. You know, so my first year of university. And so th those are, are great, uh, but it wasn't using my, uh, the skills I thought I had yeah. or was hoped that I would have, uh, but I didn't know if I even had them. So I didn't know how to find if I had them or not, you know, so uh, and going to Wilfrid Laurier was a business school and I really needed something that would put me uh, to see if I had what I needed to progress in the business school, I guess, at that time of my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really great um, about you joining us because you're one of the longstanding people who have been, you know, really developing amazing young students in this marketplace, uh, you know, for you, obviously, down in the United States. But, you know, you, you got started with us um, and, and you did really, really well. But what inspired you to move to the United States? I'm going to digress a second, Chris. Sure. So I, I, I was a branch manager in 1985. Yes. You know, and I think I'm pretty confident in this statement. Um, you, you were my trainer, actually. Yes. Uh, in the basement of the Toronto office. <laughs> and so when I look at you and I, uh, you have a year over me, I believe, as the yep. the people that have been involved in this industry the longest in North America. Yes, exactly. You know, and, and so it, I did well in on, you know, I, as a sophomore. I did well in Sarnia. Mm -hmm. I moved up uh, with student works to a district manager. And back then we had 12 people, 11, 12 people. Yeah. And actually back then I met them at training. Yes. You know, so it was just a different world than we have today, of course, and how, of we, course. how we, we support our managers. Uh, but at the time, uh, the owner, Neil Bradley, asked me if I wanted to try the idea in America. Right. You know, and there was California, there was Chicago. And, um, you know, you, you remember Rick Campbell and, yeah. and Mark Moses and, and, and we were all living almost in the same house, Mark and I did. And so at the time, I said to Neil, you know, Michigan, because it was close to my parents in Sarnia. Yeah. And so I was going to move to Michigan and try the idea of, uh, you know, of, of student works painting. Yes. And uh, I, I will be honest with you, my parents were not really excited <laughs> about uh, me being in the, a painter per yes. se, but we're yeah. not in the painter. Yeah. They thought I'd be at, in, in Toronto at a, a IBM or Xerox or Procter and Gamble in a high rise yeah. every day. And, yes. and my, it, it, it transcended my entire life. And so, you know, I was just inspired because I loved what it did for me. And I also felt in my heart of hearts that I could pass that, that on to students. In fact, then I was like 22 or 23 years old, back yes. to students in, in Michigan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so how was the beginning of that venture? How did you get you know, started, you know, what was that like? Cause we were really, really, you know, back in the day, we had nowhere near the systems that we have now. We were no. still very systemized, but nowhere near the systems, nowhere near the structures. We didn't know as much. And on the other hand, we were growing like stink and we were really winning. 
So it's kind of interesting yeah. uh, in this new in this new industry of of developing university students to uh, paint houses across North America. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at the beginning, you know, it, it was it was. I look back on it now, and I I question some decisions I made mm-hmm. because at the same token, you know, I would leave Laurier, drive to University of Michigan, U of M, and Eastern Michigan. Those are the three. Uh, Univer- U of M is University of Michigan, right? Michigan State, sorry, and uh, and Eastern. And I would do a booth. Right. And this was in uh, no, November, December, January, whatever I could. Right. And I ended up hiring 15 people. Right. You know, and then I, I brought them to the uh, Yorkdale, Toronto. Training. Training. You know, and that I, I brought 15 students that I was a student still. Right. I haven't graduated yet. Right. And so the, the beginning was crazy, but it was so, uh, that, that was exciting. And then the very unique part was coming over to America when I graduated, we had sold some jobs. Yep. And I, I, you know, I probably shouldn't say it, you know, for, for, for you or for me, but back then, Hey, you sold about three grand. You were a star, right? You know, you're a star. You're going to go, you're going to go make this happen. You're going to be great. And uh, of course the numbers are a little bit different now, but it was, it was amazing. Cause I came over here to Michigan and I had to get that my apartment before I moved, I, I opened up a newspaper, Detroit free press, and I looked for apartments and I went right. to three or four different apartments. Right. And, uh, I found a spot, uh, in Mount Clemens and, uh, that was it. And uh, I remember the apartment owners, he was a painter. Right. And there were nice people. And uh, he said, uh, Steve, I wish you well, but there's no painting in the state of Michigan. We're, we're, it's pretty tough out here. Right. And, <laughs> uh, you know, okay, Bob, okay. You know, it's uh, fine. You know, it's not like, we'll be okay. But they were great people. And I, I had a two bedroom. My living room was uh, the office. Yeah. Got phones put in, a couple desks. My first bedroom was my little TV room. And then I had a bedroom. So it was really was cool. And we had payroll Fridays. Right in the office there, and you know, I can't. You know, I, I think the first year, I mean, was was very about half a million dollars. First year was was very successful. So yes, um, and great. We had uh, Hillsdale College was my main school. Um, it was like three or four thousand person school. Maybe that didn't be too high, but they were very welcoming at the time. And uh, no, it was good. That's how, that's how we kind of got started. Yeah, and so you know, just to sort of jump forward, and then we'll jump back, you know, what's the, the size of your business now, you know, and, and, uh, just the scope of your business, Steve, just so that our, yeah. our, our leaders can understand the size. Now, you know, I'm in about 10 States over here right. in, in America. Uh, and last year we did about six and a half million, mm-hmm. um, and had about, uh, uh, let's see, I got my stats over here, but we had about 220 trained managers last year, right? 230, uh, opened up, uh, about 130 probably. Okay. And, um, uh, this year, uh, we have, uh, we'll have about 130 open, right. You know, so very similar in size. We should do between, you know, we'll see what happens, but between six and 7 million. Okay. No, that's fantastic. That's yeah, a fantastic know, so, business, you know? And so, and so if you think about, you've been hiring students now and recruiting students for 34 years, what are some of the characteristics that you look for in, in recruiting people? Yeah. You know, I could say I look for drive, you know, and, and the why, mm-hmm. but you know, I find it unique. Neat, Chris, uh, where when I do interviews or meet students and they get to get to the interview phase, I, I actually tell them at the end of the 45 minute interview, you know, I really, it's impossible for me to tell if you can do this internship or not. Right. It's impossible in 45 minutes. I don't even know you. Right. You said all the right things. Right. And I kind of say, but here's the reality. I say, of course you can do this. Right. Of course, everyone I meet in every college campus that comes to the interview and has gone through the process, of course you can do this. The real question is, 
do you really want to do it? Right. And is it in your best interest? Will it get you what you want at the end of the day? Right. And that want, you got to, you got to answer that question, the want. Right. And is, is that want to separate yourself from your peer group so you get the best possible job coming out of college? Right. Is that want an income base that you're going to make more money than most summer jobs? Right. And so you have to decide if you really, you know, you ask about characteristics, it's more of the want and the reasons behind, because of course, you know, we interview high school athletes and yeah. people involved in a lot of great stuff and, and some don't want to do it. And so obviously, you know, fortunate that, that many do. Yeah, no. And, and, and certainly I, I see what you mean. Like to me, you know, it's, it's one of the things that attract our, our leaders who listen to this podcast is I make up, they want really big lives. You know, one of the things that I see about the amazing alumni who have come from our program is they have really big engines. They want to be successful. They're committed to being successful. Once they've made a lot of money, they still want to be successful. They successful. still want to contribute. They still want to make a, a big difference in the world. And I know we have many, many shared friends who, who we, we think of when we, when we see that. And so that those people who at 50, they were like that at 18. They were like that yes. at 20. It, it doesn't change. And so, so I, I hear exactly that is it's, it's kind of a discovery. Do I really want that for my life? One of the things is, yep. is being in North America, we're really, we're, we, we won the lottery, right? You know, we, we were born here. Aren't we lucky? And, yes. and so the issue is most people, you know, especially at a, if, if you went to university, you know, that means you're reasonably high IQ and, and, and these types of things, it's, you're going to have a good life. The issue yeah. is, 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 do you want to do the extra to have a really big life? Do you want to take all that much more responsibility on? And I think that's really, to me, what, what really makes the difference. Like, what have you found that really makes the difference between your successful people and in the leadership that you've had over the last 30 years, Steve? Yeah. You know, the, the, the difference is that they, they research the program. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we want to make sure is they talk to past interns, mm -hmm. because if they just research it, understand Okay, what am I getting into the best they can? And right. they understand that. And then once they, the, the best part Chris, is when they make the decision to, to jump all in, knowing this crazy world they're about to enter of entrepreneurship right. and the value that they're going to get out of it, that, that's kind of the, the, the thing is that they research it and they know the value at the end of the day. And then beyond that, um, it's just now a matter of following, following the, the, the model of the process. Right. Because like you uh, in Ontario uh, with Student Works and I'm over here with student painters in, in Michigan and a few other states. It's, it, we have very similar processes, right? It's, right. it's not like uh, and, and models. So as long as they're willing to, to do that and understand that, then they will be successful. Everyone that comes through our program will be successful. If they follow the, the model or process. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And so, so what have been some of the really most challenging times in your career, Steve? Yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, some of the most challenging uh, I would say it was 1999 to year 2000. Okay. And I, I was coming off, uh, uh, I moved here in 87, you know, had fairly good success early on, um, did well. And I, I actually had a pretty big head. Right. Uh, you know, I, I was had a, I had to get a corner office on a third floor of a high rise building and it was totally the wrong move. Okay. You know, and you, you're all these things. But then, you know, things started to unravel a little bit with, at the time, AAA student painters. And it went bankrupt in 1999. Ah. And so that hit everyone really hard. Uh, I was lucky to survive the bankruptcy in 99. And I had to make a decision. Do I continue in this industry and restart at scratch? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, listen, it's been a great ride and move on and, and shut it down. 
Right. And uh, the decision, uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Catino, I uh, had long talks with him and, and he actually says, Steve, you're, you're, you're good at this. You, you can do this. You can rebuild it. Right. So he's actually the one I got to give credit to. Um, and I restarted. I restarted. I had 13 men. I went from like 200 and uh, the company is much bigger back then. The different, different vice presidents out there. Right. And, and I had 13 the next wow. year. And that's not even the hard part. The hard part was to keep the office open and ensure the bills were paid. I had to go, go to college campuses at nighttime, and I used to give out a free T-shirt for a credit card application. Right, and then we would send the applications to Citibank or Chase. Right, back then Discover Card, and they'd pay me. Right, to do that. Right, so that was at nighttime, and then the summer came, and I had thirteen managers, and there was there was Steve ladders on the car, I had three or four painters, and I was doing in, interior and exterior, and I was I was painting the ladies' bedroom as well as the other, the other bike, any guy could, just to bring some money in. Wow, and we survived that year, right? You know, and that that was I often forget, Chris, what I that that moment in time and how your back is against the wall. You talk about challenges, and every day was okay. Did we have enough money to pay rent? Can we pay our utility? We have yeah. one girl that answered the phone. My wife was in here. My 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 two year old at the time was in a playpen, right? And I was I was driving. I was doing two. I was recruiting during the day, and I was doing credit cards at nighttime, trying to bring in extra money during the year. And uh, a, a huge shout out to Tom Piavoso, who was also part of that. And he was helped me a ton at that moment in time in my life. And painting the houses was, was just, it was just kind of a, it was a, wow, I'm here, I'm painting houses. And I, I can tell you, it, it felt great. When it was all over, it felt great. And then we brought some people back. Right. And we started rebuilding in 2001, 2002. And maybe half a million, three quarters. We broke a million. I thought that was like, that was fantastic in, right. in the early 2000s. And you know, we grew it all the way up to about 11 and a half in 2015. Right, right. And uh, so that, that I think if, if you were to pinpoint the most challenging moment of my career, it was pushed me to the brink of uh, yeah, just, just personal brink and, yeah. and uh, came yeah. back from it. Yeah, no. And, and it really was a really outside of your control. Sort of the major partner went bankrupt. Yep. Um, and as a result, it put your business that you were a minority shareholder in at risk. And so you needed to restart or not restart, you know? And that was so, it. so when you compare and contrast for our leaders, because, because I, I, I want to make sure everyone gets that. So I've got kids at home. I can hardly feed. I've got, you know, right. Like I've, I've, I'm, yep. I'm barely making enough money to get by and people say, Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. That's what yes. can happen. And frankly, I, I know many, many entrepreneurs and many, many entrepreneurs have been up against it like that. You know, up and I have. I, you know, again, I guess I, I'm not sure if I've really shared those stories on our pod, but but I will. And you know, so how do you compare and contrast the the idea of wow, that's what can happen, versus you know, taking the the secure job that you could have had coming out of Laurier as a business student with the skills that you had and the commitment level that you had. Like, how yeah. do you compare and contrast that? Yeah, and I would say, you know, not to be uh, pompousy, uh, easy answer. Because as an entrepreneur, and when you go down these paths, you know, for a few years, or if you start your own business, or even with student works, um, you develop certain characteristics yourself. You develop right. certain personality traits. And so when things start to go, go bad, like that, like you're saying, you know, versus a safer path, well, I was still on a safe path. Right. Because I knew exactly what I was able to do with my capabilities. Okay. It was just how long I could get back. Right. And, you know... I talk a lot on our awards cruise, Chris, about the game of business. Okay. And I would much rather be able to play the game of business and make my own decisions and choices, hopefully having some mentors or coaches around me to help me make the good choices or bounce ideas off of. Right. But playing the game of business as an entrepreneur 
being a captain of your canoe, right? If you're an entrepreneur, is much stronger and much in- internally feeling is much better than being a first or second mate of a big corporation, right? And that's just me talking, you know, because right. I was going to be a, a captain of my little canoe for hopefully not long, and it'd be a bigger canoe. Yes. Um, versus, you know, a corporation, or quite frankly, you have no way of knowing what tomorrow well may bring. Right. You know, and and you've seen it before in 08 with the financial crisis. Yeah. Uh, right now we're 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 living a uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah. But you can go through any. Forget those major points in the world in life. A company can come in the next day and cut half their staff. Yeah. Because the board director said cut half your staff. You can't control that. Yeah. You know, and and so I think when someone says, "Well, you know, I'd rather take the secure route and, and get a job at a corporation," and by the way, that's that can be great for many people. Sure. That, that is yep. that is awesome. But for me. In my personality, if you have the entrepreneurship gene or you just thrive on, on playing the game of business, you, you can't play that game in a corporation. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure you've, you've played the game as long as I have. And the game, sometimes you lose the, the dang game. Like yeah. you make the wrong choice. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I lost that one. You know, but, but, that's so, but I got to play the game. <clears throat> no, no, for sure, Steve. And, and the reality is, is that definitely there have been, there been <clears throat> some losses, usually I've always been very good at playing the game, just like I think you have, right? Like actually developing students. I've been tremendously successful at mistakes that I've made have been all outside those, all, you know, extensions that didn't work. You know, uh, we did the credit card thing with Tom Piavoso, didn't work. And now Tom's awesome. But anyhow, you know, so it's trying things out and not having it work. But like you said, there's, there is something to, and we learn. And we pivot. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, you went from running a multi-million dollar business, it goes bankrupt, you're you're running a few hundred thousand dollar business. Yep. And then all of a sudden, hey, over time, you're back to running a multi-million dollar business because of the skill set that you learned, because of the perseverance that you have. Yeah, and the resilience and that and you you understand that's part of your makeup. Right. And and not that you don't have that same same abilities in a corporation. I just think that you don't always control your own destiny at all in a corporation where you can control a lot of your own destiny as you're as an entrepreneur typically. Right. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now, and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path so basically of entrepreneurship. You've got, you know, over a thousand if you students, think you have what it takes you know, or know someone who might be summer, interested, you know, how are you visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply yeah, you know, and start your application uh, process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. When you actually add up all the, the, the painters, right? You know, five, six, seven painters by times of ranch or some turnover, it ends up being, you know, 1,000, 1,500 painters right. and, and total employees. And I think. That, that for not just my business, Chris, but for any business, right? Um, you know, I have such great people around me, right? You know, and, and that help develop the processes to put in place. For sure, it wasn't my processes necessarily. No, it was them coming to me saying, 
I think we should do A, B, and C because your A and B, Steve, isn't making sense right now. Right. And I would say, thank man, that that may, that thank you. That makes a lot more sense. Right. You know, so if, if you hang around, I, I always am a, a point. I great people that that are helping me, uh, from my office staff to my entire leadership team. Right. You know, and I really feel that that a lot of my leadership team, to be honest, are better than me. Right. I mean, they're just great leaders, um, and they're, they they have the skill set. That's that's even that's stronger than what I have, and I think by surrounding yourself with really good people, you're able to uh, develop controls, develop processes, develop models that may not be from you, but from your team. And then, as and your, your, as long as you have a great executive team that can implement those processes, uh, I'm so fortunate because uh, I get to get some of the accolades, you know, as as the guy running it. But right, really. They're the ones that earn it all. I, I'm just running it. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally see that. And even more than just the people in your business, you're also relying on the legacy of amazing people that have been in your business to keep running your business and supporting your business and and these support these structures that make your business uh, successful. Because because I'm sure, like in our business, there's just been an incredible transformation over the decades about how we ran the business versus how the business is run, and that ultimately. Painting houses is the same, but yes. actually how we recruit, how we train, how we market, how we sell, how we process things, complete transformation as we go along. So many things have changed, Chris, as you know. But if, if you weren't able to make those adjustments, you wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. You know, the worst thing that got invented, in my, my opinion, is the cell phone. Right. Because the dorm directories that not everyone listening to this podcast is going to have a clue what I'm talking about. Right. Every school had a dorm directory. All you needed was that directory. And then you can call the student and get them to the info session, right? That was gold, that, 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 that directory. Now we have to you know, do class talks, do whatever we have to do to try to get a name and number where it was just, just yeah. get the book for me and we're all set. Yeah. Well, and, and those well, changed. Back in the day, there were no dorm directories in Canada, but, but really, you know, for our leaders, one of the, another example, and this is true for you, Steve, is, is that back in the day when you used to call a customer, they would just have a phone in their house with no answer machine and it would ring. So and no caller ID, so no caller ID, and people would yep. pick it up. And you actually, up, if yeah. you call too late or you call too early, they get angry at you. But yes. if you called in during the proper times, they pick it up, and and you had yep. incredible contact rate. Where now in any business, one of the most important things is how can I reach my customer so that I can yes. talk to them. Uh, and sometimes those customers are how can we reach students to talk about this opportunity, but also how can we reach customers to talk about having services provided on their home. So it is yeah. interesting. So the game keeps changing. And then how do we, how do we get better at that? How do we find out ways to, to, to maintain relationship with our customers, et cetera. So it mm -hmm. really is fascinating, right? It's changed over time. Over the 34 years I've been doing this has changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. It continues to do so. Yes. Yes. And it's the, um, the devil's in the details about how we actually do that. And, you know, the different, uh, conversations that you have with a client and how, again, maybe we can get their cell phone number, that we can get their email, we can get an appointment in their Google calendar so that they'll see it that day. So that when we come out, they're there. The, the, the show rates jump. All these different things that can make all the difference in the world uh, that actually turns in long-term into money, into profit for your business. Yeah. So, yep. so it really is, it really is fascinating. And, and like you said, it's kind of, it's the game of business. Like most yep. people don't understand it. It's like, in many ways, Steve, if, if someone were to come look at our businesses, they would see, oh, 
They do very similar things in two different markets. But if they actually went really deep dive, they'd see, wow, they do things a lot differently in both sides, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's like, oh, they they go this way or they go that way. Or there's and and just like any other any other uh business uh they they there there's a different strategy or a different way um and those processes can make all the difference for people's success yes absolutely 100 agree so um yeah so you know obviously you've been continuing to do this and making progress you know what drives your motivation for continuing in this industry steve yeah you know i, I get asked that a lot uh chris uh now i've, I've, I've done this for 34 years and it's you know, I look at, at it, I really am fortunate. I, I think I have the best possible job or employment uh, in the world. Right. I mean, it just, just because why do I keep doing this? It, it, the motivation behind it is I get to see students come into an info session that uh, just kind of understand what, what is this program all about? And right. I, I, I get to help change kids' lives. Right. And how special is that, that year after year, for 34 years, I've, I've helped change kids' lives, students' lives um, along the way. And it, it's so gratifying and uh, I don't know, feel good feeling or whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, and why I do it, it, it just motivates me to, to continue doing it because of the power. And then when you, motiv- when, when you see someone that's walked into an info session to the end of the summer, and maybe they're getting, a, maybe uh, they, they've achieved their goals, whatever that goal might have been, whether it be $50,000 business or $100,000 business. Yeah. Maybe they made the trip. Maybe even some that don't, don't make the trip. It's, they, they still achieved incredible. You see them grow so much as a yeah. person. And I don't know any job that you get that same kind of feeling. You know, if I was an account manager at the payroll company, I sold four more accounts today. Right. Oh, great. And, and it's still great. I don't, I'm not dishing uh, payroll companies. I'm just saying that the, the, why I still do this is I change kids' lives so much, and uh, it's so gratifying. And and then, you know, as it's as it's aged mm-hmm. right now, just out of nowhere, when you get those calls from your alumni, yeah, you know, and 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 just saying, hey, see how you doing? You're still doing this. this is awesome. Here's where I am in life. Here, right. Hey, I'm in town. And, and some alumni I try to track down. I go, dude, I knew you were going to be awesome. Look at where you are now. Like right. where, <laughs> that is just great. So I, I can't tell you the uh, people say, well, Steve, you have so much energy. And I don't know when, I, I hope I never lose it. You know, right. I hope I, I can maintain it because it's like, it's, it's, it is such a, a great feeling. Uh, every, every info session, every interview, every training session, right. every payroll Friday, we do payroll Friday. I'm sure you still do payroll Fridays. Even ups and downs and helping the students, even when they're down and, and you see the turnaround in two weeks cycle, it, right. it's, it's, like a, it's like a drug that, is, that, <laughs> that you just can't get rid of. I mean, it is, this is a great drug, so. It's really, it's really funny because, you know, for our leaders, they, they listen to the podcast and they're able to see people who take corporate jobs. And, and again, you know, the pros and cons of that, or they see um, entrepreneurs who come on and they talk about, Hey, I want to execute this and then get out. And then, you know, here we've got Steve Acorn who literally wants to do this. Like this is, yeah. you know, his place in the world. And, and frankly, I feel the same way that the best place for Chris Thompson to be is developing leaders, you know, and that's where I've been yeah. my best self, you know, hopefully other than being a, you know, father and a husband, but, but anyhow, you know, my best self yeah. in terms of accomplishing things in the real world has been here. And, you know, again, I, anytime I thought of not doing it, it's not been a good strategy. And again, I've talked about some of those things, not, not going well, but it's like, this has been the best thing and the most rewarding, you know, and again, not just yeah. rewarding financially, but more rewarding. Yeah 
because you just feel so great about feel. having such yeah. a positive yeah. impact. So absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to ha have you on the podcast. And it's really quite fun because again, we've, you know, really, if you look at the industry across North America, the, all the people who are, are behind are, 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 are us <laughs> who have, who have yeah. run our businesses and are in Western Canada or here or in California or in different States, you know, but all, uh, you know, really have our, our heritage or, 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 or starting from, from really the, the core root of our business and the core root of our systems, which is really fun. Yes. Everyone in the, in North America, you're absolutely right. Whether, uh, our competitors, right. They, they came from our program. Point, our, our program, program back yeah. in the in the mid eighties, right? Exactly. And, uh, exactly. So you know, as you went from a university student to a business owner and value creator in the full time world, what did you need to change about yourself, Steve? Yeah, you know, um, the the biggest thing that I had to change, I think, Chris, was I was more of an introvert um, than an extrovert. Back, okay. Back then, you know, when I was a university student, um, pr a pretty quiet. You know, it didn't cause any issues at all. But I was just a quiet person. And when you're thrown into this, you know, entrepreneurship world, well, you have to learn to communicate better. You have yeah. to learn to, and you know, I would even do trainings and, and you'll, you'll appreciate that. And anyone that's done this program before, uh, that's listening to this podcast was my first year or two. I would, when I was out in the big U shape, yeah, we still do U shaped. I needed a podium, right? I needed the podium because my nose had to be on the podium and I could not come outside of that podium and talk. Okay. I would freeze. Okay. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm a division head. I'm a right. vice president. Right. And it, it and I had to, I had to learn to, to get over that. I don't even know if it was a fear or just the confidence uh, at that level that go out there and just say what you want to say. Yeah. And yeah. You, you, you probably can't say something that's going to be so terrible that is wrong. Right. And, and my leader, my people now, I mean, from the get go, they're 18, 19 coming in the middle of the U. I go, oh my, I was never that way. You guys are, you guys are 10 times better than me at that age right, already. Right. You know? And, uh, so I really had to change my, uh, just my, I don't know if it's communication or just my, uh, ability to have confidence to just come out and, and do it. And, and, uh, and obviously I was able to develop that. And right. I really, I really think, you know, going back to 1999, 2000, I had no choice. Like you, you, you better be better. You got to get better. Right. And th those would be the things that I think. Had to change about myself was really just the, the the confidence and being able to communicate in a different manner than a podium right. or notes or whatever that was. You know, and one of the things as well is is that um, there's a bunch of books been written recently about the power of introverts and um, and just the advantages of of being an introvert. And then on the other hand, if I want to be a leader. Part of that is I've got to stand in front of people and have conversations with them. I've got to stand in front of people and engage them. So it's like, you know, Steve's gained those skills. Steve's, Steve's got out of his comfort zone uh, to be able to do that. And, and certainly for me as well, I know that I was in my mind, at least not a really great public speaker. I was, I was nervous. I was, I was anxious and just over time got more and more comfortable with, Hey, just say what's on your mind. Don't get stuck. Mm -hmm. Don't think that I can say each word the best way or express myself the best way all the time. Just, but be real, be authentic. You know, you know the material, um, and uh, and it really is powerful. And people connect with that authenticity. I think. No, and being real—that—that's—that's that's one one thing that you really do learn is not trying to memorize a script or memorize how you're going to convey something. Yes. It's just being real, and people appreciate it much more than than scripted yes. notes that you're looking at a podium. Exactly. Know? Exactly. I think you can be a, I think you can be a better trainer that way too, obviously. For sure, for sure. So what 
key habits would 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 someone want to steal from you? What's the secret to your success, Steve? You know, I think you know a, a key habit has to be that you have to be confident. And but my my main you know my main habit I would say is I'm and I've been told this by people. Right. I'm always looking for the positive. Yeah. No matter in every situation. For sure. You no. Know, so so you know you can have confidence. You're a hard worker. Yeah. 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 That that's great. But um, the the positive attitude in any scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, 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 I don't know where, I don't know where I got it from. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my wall. I do have a, uh, one of those, uh, posters that say attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Right. You know, and, and, uh, <laughs> uh I, I got that way back in 85 or 86, you know, right. so I've had it ever since, but it, it's the, you know, in everything, no matter, even when we were bankrupt, okay, positive attitude, we're going to turn it around in any personal, uh, sports. I just put that shot in the water. That's okay. I can get on it too. I can get on. I can get on three. I mean, like I can get that on. A little ball stress. A little ball. Yeah, stress. a little ball stress. Yeah, my next ball might go in the water. Okay, I'm only at five. I'm not at ten. Okay, there's, I, I'm not at ten yet. Right? It's like so. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, no ball stress. Yeah. I was out golfing with Steve at St. George's Golf Club with a with a great a couple of great friends, uh, yes. Neil Bradley and uh, Rick Eastwood, and 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 uh, Steve introduced me to the concept of ball stress. You hit the ball and it's going someplace you're maybe not so happy about. There's some ball yep. stress for you. For all golfers, as long as I'm driving the cart, doesn't matter where your ball was, Chris. I, I'm going to my ball first. And I got ball. I got to find. Oh, there it is. Okay, we'll go find you wherever you are. Yeah, that's right. So, so no, I think that's just the. I think if, if people have a positive attitude all the time, I mean, it's it's infectious, mm-hmm. and people want to be around you too. Right? That, that's yeah. another thing that that, that you, you find that. Uh, and and there's no question. Again, um, Steve's mentioned payroll Fridays in in Steve's business, and and back in the day when we used to basically every second week during the summer, you, you have a social event, you have an engagement, maybe you play you know some type of a, a sport or a bar mm-hmm. or, or some type of a you know activity. For us, we do them differently um, now uh, at different types of of events. But the whole idea that culture is really powerful in an organization, you know, and culture, it's like having people want to come work together and make it fun. Right. And it's, you're going to spend time working in your life. Well, why don't you want to spend time working with people you really love? And that's something that, you know, we've always experienced in our business. I know you've always experienced in your business, you know, it's just a fun environment. Absolutely. And we, we, we still do the, the, the payroll Fridays, Chris, we're, 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 we typically now will we'll have a, a, a little U-shaped training for an hour or two about okay. trying to help the, the, the students out. And then, you know, they break into their own teams and they're like an hour apiece, right? Right. And, and some students come in here at eight in the morning, 10, well, not, not eight, 10 in the morning. Right. And they're here at seven at night and they love the day because they're just getting their business organized. Oh, okay. Getting, you know, we call their whiteboards up to date. Oh, fantastic. Uh, their, their, their flyers ready, uh, get their, you know, the new supply of lawn signs and, and they're ready to go again. And if if they had a great two weeks, feel good about yourself. And you got a new two weeks again. Fantastic. If you had a bad two weeks, if you had a bad two weeks, feel bad for two minutes. It's over. <laughs> exactly. And, okay. Now it's now a let's, new let's, game. Let's, let's, new, new, play. new game again. Right? New play. Every, That's right. And, and and your culture is similar to mine. You know, I can tell from all your your stuff. I see exactly you know, the, the fun that we have and people. That, and that's one of the attractions, I think, why why we have full time people, people stick around, why we have interns that want to join us because they hear about the fun and the culture. Yes, you know, our our motto is work hard, play hard. Yes, yeah. and uh, you know, and that's it's so true because we work, as you know, these interns that work, these these leaders that we 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 try to create or we do create work really really hard. Absolutely, and we and and a shame on uh, us if we don't also play really hard and have a lot of fun. And, Absolutely. and uh, I've, I've been able to carry that, that through with, with, uh, with us over here in America. 
Well, fantastic. And so, Steve, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Yeah, you know, the leader of tomorrow, you know, I, I think of a, a, a young student uh, somewhere um, in, in university or, or college. We call it college here a lot more in university. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's that has that desire and the drive to want to separate themselves from their peer group. And they, they sometimes they don't know how to get there, uh, but they have that in them. And they want to, that, that wants. And so I think of a leader tomorrow, Chris, is some student that just has that passion that to want to learn uh, in the right mechanism that's for them. Right. And um, whether, whether it be here or any other, other organization, quite sure. frankly, but that wants to learn. And if they have that drive and desire and the want, the, that why factor is much stronger than anything else. I think that they, they, they want that to propel themselves in life, you know, in so many Students these days don't do some of the necessary things in the summers to get them to the next stage of life. And yeah. uh, they graduate and it's very sad. It's very yeah. sad because they're, they're not a leader of tomorrow. Right. You know, they, they sure probably enjoyed their summers a lot, uh, but they're not a leader of tomorrow. And this, the leaders of tomorrow are the ones that commit. They're passionate. They still have fun. They have a great balance in life. Right. Uh, they're just driven and they're, they're laser focused on whatever they might want. Or to get. Oh, I get it. And, you know, and, and unfortunately the world is just getting more or unfortunately not, unfortunately, uh, I don't like to sort of judge things. Yep. It's much safe to just say, this is what I see. The world's getting more and more competitive from a worldwide vantage point, you know, uh, you know, again, the competitive pressure from everywhere. And as a result, you know, uh, coming out of university, there's just less and less opportunity except for those people who are really excelling. You know, and, and unfortunately, again, the, the most successful people in our society are getting more and more of the spoils of society. And again, I'd love to shift that. I'm not in government. I don't have anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, what we do in our businesses, certainly, Steve, and have done for decades is prepare people for that really incredibly competitive world to make a difference, to really, really go out and have spectacular careers, have the lives that they want, have choice, have freedom that so many people really don't have. And that's certainly, again, that I know you and I are committed to. Yeah. And that, 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 what you're saying is not theory. Yes. You know, what, what you're saying you, on this podcast, you're saying that is a fact mm -hmm. that, you know, that one of the biggest things they get for, out, of, out of our programs, Chris, is they get the ability to learn how to communicate. Mm -hmm. And it's even as, as, as things have changed in, in life. Uh, now this text messaging, yeah. emails, so many students come out of, out of four years of college and university and can't have a conversation. Right. And it's incredible. And, and what we do is in this world, if you're lazy, if you understand that as a freshman, sophomore, junior, I need communication skills. And if you can get those, my gosh, my, you are so valuable yes. to any company that's interviewing you uh, in your fourth year because you have those skills that your peer group does not have. Right. Most likely, you know. I'm sure some get good jobs too, but I mean, no, no, for sure. It's, it's so many do not really so the opportunity to separate yourself out for sure with challenging, challenging programs like ours, but yeah. So I, I don't know if I answered the question right or not, but no, no, um, you did. No, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I got off on a tangent there because I'm so passionate about that. Like, like, well, <laughs> well, the one thing that's true, Steve, is that your passion, your energy, your positivity really, really stands out. And so thank you for coming on the Leaders of Tomorrow. And again, I've really enjoyed our relationship and I know we'll continue to enjoy our relationship for decades to come. Continued success in developing all the amazing leaders that you do in the United States. 
Chris, been awesome. Uh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm uh, again honored uh, to be on your show, and uh, thank you so much. And best of luck to to Student Works uh, in your your program uh, in Canada, and not only this summer, but uh, hopefully we can be talking years to come. And absolutely, change your kids' lives. <laughs> we will be. Cheers, Stephen. Have a great day. Thanks. Take care. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.